Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is God's word of comfort and joy for the peace of God's people. What's the biggest risk you've ever seen? or the biggest risk you've taken. Maybe you've moved far away or took a new job in a new field where you didn't know anyone. I can think of a few people in our congregation who have done that. Maybe the risk involved leaving behind expectations of what society or your family wanted you to be and instead going where God called you. Some of my favorite women preachers did that like Zilpha Elah, maybe your risk was coming out to a loved one or family or community and not knowing if they would embrace the real you. Sometimes the risks we take or don't take confound the people around us. For instance, I'd love to try bungee jumping or skydiving Pastor Steve tells me he skydived. We all know he was cool, but that just ups the game. So I'll try skydiving, but don't ask me to try any sort of cottage cheese, which my husband Steve likes. And I know, I know this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But again, neither does the story of salvation. If we really step back and think about it, Now, if we can learn anything about the birth of Jesus, we know that it is one of risk. Risky from God's perspective and risky for the humans involved, Mary and Joseph, entrusted with keeping Jesus safe. From God's perspective, can God take risks? When God became human through Jesus Christ, God took on all of those risks of, with being human. The kind of risks that come with grieving, with losing somebody we love. The risks of being rejected by somebody we thought loved us. The risk of having a body with acne and achy joints and disabilities the risk of having a brain that doesn't work right. I'm almost certain that Jesus would have forgotten his house keys or where he put his shoes, and I'm almost certain that Jesus would have felt sad in the winter on a cloudy day. Because after all, that's a part of being human. And from Mary and Joseph's perspective, Well, in the Gospel of Luke, we see Mary bravely accept the angel's pronouncement that she would bear the Christ child. 
She's a teenager, and the risks for death and childbirth were way higher than today. So she risks her very body to bear God's son. Now for Joseph, he risks his reputation in choosing to stand by Mary's side, even as he knows that baby isn't his. He risks his heart being broken. Yes, an angel did come to him in a dream, but what kind of dream is that? Hey, your fiancé is going to have somebody else's kid. And further, it's going to be God's kid. And you, you are going to have to raise him as your own and also follow whatever I tell you. I don't know about you, but that's not what my dreams are made of. Way too much pressure, way too standard setting. Joseph takes the risk in traveling with a very pregnant fiancé over the bumpy roads of Judea into that small city, Bethlehem. And in addition to taking all of those risks, says Pastor Beth Quick, Joseph knew he'd, quote, risk always being sort of secondary place in Jesus' life while raising him as his child. And the only scene we have of Jesus as a young boy in the Bible Jesus said to his parents, Did you not know I would be in my father's house? Now he's referring to God's house, not Joseph's, of course. Joseph would have had to know that. He was. And Joseph wasn't Jesus' father and always lived in that tension. Still the phrasing of the messenger's words. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. These words suggested that Joseph wanted to take that risk, but just needed more encouragement to follow through. I've been there, needing an encouragement to take a risk. Joseph wanted to take the risk, but needed assurance that it would be okay. One might say that risk is essential to the Christian identity. We believe in a Trinitarian God who takes risks. And in turn, our act of trusting and following God revealed through Jesus Christ, we, we in turn take a risk. The incarnation was just one of God's biggest risks. God became incarnate not in a strong, powerful family like Caesar Augustus's or Herod the Great. But God was being born to a poor mother and her carpenter husband who didn't even have enough money for the proper sacrifice. God risked becoming incarnate in a fragile world where a tiny baby being born in Podunk town certainly felt treasonous to Herod at least. Then Joseph and Mary risked their lives in fleeing to Bethlehem for Egypt to get away from Herod's murderous rampage. The Christian musician Liz Rice puts it like this in her song, Refugee King. Away from the manger, they ran for their lives. The crying boy Jesus, a son they must hide. A dream came to Joseph. They fled in the night, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran. No stars in the sky, but the Spirit of God led down into Egypt from Herod to hide. No 
place for his parents, no country or tribe. And they ran and they ran and they ran. Running is one way to deal with risks. Sometimes it's the best way. Sometimes it's the only way. Sometimes God does call us to run away. Have you been in that situation? And even after Jesus and his family flee into Egypt and things quiet down, after that particular Herod was out of the picture, because in this time there's multiple Herods, they're not too creative, you know how it is. So after that Herod died and things quieted down, the risks didn't slow down. In part because Jesus did not know when to be quiet. It could appear right? That Jesus didn't know how to, how to assess a risk well. Like that time he preached his first sermon in his hometown and got kicked out because he predicted a prophecy would be fulfilled. Or the time he called out the Pharisees, his very own people, the people he worshiped with and fellowshiped with on their hypocrisy. Or the time he ate dinner with that crook Zacchaeus in Luke 19, even though everyone hated Zacchaeus because of how he took all their retirement savings and left them poor and destitute. Or how about that time when he asked for water from the woman at the well in John chapter 4, in the middle of the day? Her reputation made her unapproachable. And even though she didn't have any control over it, or the men who gave her that reputation, Jesus talked to her anyway, engaged her. And then, and then we get to the end of Jesus' life. Jesus knew the risk of following God's plan would get him into trouble. And instead of playing by the rules, instead of playing it safe, Jesus preached the kingdom, what Ademarie Sassadias calls the kingdom, to a world who so desperately needed it. He risked dying, and he did actually die and was buried. And all of those risks, all of those risks led to his resurrection. Without risks, the triune God could not save us. The risks and the scandal at the incarnation are the risks and the scandal that are present at the cross and ultimately at the resurrection. Risk. Risk is what it means to know that God is with us. To see God's risk-taking behavior is to behold God's grace. God could have created a world without risks, right? God giving us free will, the will to act and choose what we, choose, what we want to do and how to behave, that itself seems a pretty big risk. And God didn't have to do that, right? You know, we could all be like robots and everything would be just fine. And yet, suggests, John Wesley, one of the founders of Methodism, to do away with humanity's ability to act freely, 
To do away with humanity's ability to choose God would mean that we couldn't be capable of knowing how to love, of knowing how to be in relationship. To be able to take risks, John Wesley implies, is a part of what it means to be created in God's image. And in turn, because we can take risks, we can risk following God, risk working out our salvation. Jesus' risk-taking is what led our group, our denomination of Missouri Methodist churches, decide to make one of their priorities, one of our priorities, to be a brave church who embraces the diversity God created. To be brave is to be like Jesus, is to take risks. To be saved is to accept God's risk and in turn, take our own series of risks. I'd like to share the risk that my friend June, a Canadian pastor, took. She was a successful pastor, first in Virginia and then in Canada. And she was one of those young leaders that everybody was super excited about. One who would be certain to pastor a big steeple church whose sermons would be read by pastors seeking inspiration for their own. And in 2020, when the pandemic swept across the globe, June and her congregation, like many churches, like ours, chose to worship online. She, as their solo pastor, was leading her church through something they'd never been through before as did many of our brave churches and our people in the pews and our pastors. We bravely chose to be faithful to God and to each other, even as we were separated by distance. June was doing this too. And on that day, she was preaching on Matthew 13, and where the parables talk about how the kingdom of God is like this or like that. These parables were stories of people taking foolish risks, and that God is like that. God takes foolish risks, foolishly abandoning the 99 to seek the one. June says that not many of us take risks because we are afraid, preferring what Stephen Colbert calls truthiness, stuff that dances around the truth, over the truth that brings us to joy and a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. For, she said, the world often makes an example out of those prophets who take risks in telling the truth. Jesus was one of them. Well, June, June took a, her another risk that day, her very own, her very personal risk, a risk that would change her life. Thinking about the Jesus who risked his life so that we may have life eternal, she came out for the first time to her community as a trans woman. What a risk to be vulnerable to her faith community. And because she was preaching on YouTube, like many of us were, 
being vulnerable to the whole world. In that sermon, she said, I realize, of course, I'm taking an enormous risk here that might, tr- that might cost me truly everything, and it's scary. But I read somewhere that perfect love casts out fear. June knew the risks, and she weighed them carefully. And, and she paid the consequences. Her church asked her to resign. And thankfully, after a few months, she found solace and healing and a job in the Metropolitan Community Church in Canada, which was the same denomination of the praise team who came to sing at our church a few weeks ago on November 5th. But through June's risk-taking, through her witness, Many people found the hope that comes from Jesus Christ and the courage to take the risks. But imagine, imagine for a moment, if her church had embraced her and asked, how could we still be church together? Imagine, imagine if she was able to continue to minister in her home denomination. Imagine a God who wants that, a church that takes risks to reach the lost. Imagine, imagine a church where there is room for everyone at the manger. Does that sound familiar at all? That's the God we see in our scripture today. The risk-taking, loving God. The love that casts out fear is the reason we can take risks. That is what we see when Jesus becomes, when Jesus is born. That is what we see when Jesus is crucified and resurrected. And God promises that love, that saving love, will be worth it. Amen.